0: Ah, good, good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, finally. How was the referees?
0: Uh it was good. It was, no, it wasn't that good, but it was good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. Um, How have you been during the lockdown?
0: Yeah, I've been good. I guess today's the beginning of week seven for us. Um, but yeah, kids at home, man. Kids not going to school. <laughs> yes.
1: Man, oh man. Like, I, I, in a way, I feel for them, you know, because they miss their friends and miss that, like, normal... Uh, everyday life but then it's kind of cool because you know you have to stay home and chill out
0: yeah 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 is this just audio only is that right
1: yeah it's, it's just audio um only because well yeah only because it's the only way i can do it right now okay is that all okay. good
0: that's cool man that's cool all
1: right so we'll get, we'll get started
0: sure you go for it
1: awesome okay let's do that um all right, everyone, on my podcast this week I have Mike Forloy, who is the boss man of Garage Drinks with Mike, a podcast that he runs alongside his beautiful wife Nora. I'm really excited to have Mike on the podcast, he's had some pretty amazing guests on his podcast, so I'm honoured to have him as mine. So Mike, malo and welcome.
0: Malo nale, thank you too much. really, um, it's an honour to be here and um, yeah, um, it's not often I'm a guest on a podcast, so I'm really, um, thank you for inviting me.
1: No, of course. And as a podcaster myself, I I understand how nice it is to be a guest sometimes, you know, just to relax, answer the questions, have the attention.
0: Yeah, it's different from being a host, because, you know, when you're the host, you're kind of driving it um and you got to keep thinking ahead of yourself two steps ahead of yourself where you're going to divert mm-hmm. the conversation and what you want them to talk about so yeah so it's nice to be a guest you know and let you do the driving for a, for a, for, a, yeah. for a change
1: yeah 100 percent. and i always feel like as the as the host which i like i really enjoy it, and i'm sure you enjoy it as well yeah. um our energy has to be up you know like yeah yeah, yeah that's you know, true you're, you're pretty like mellow at the start you're like oh yeah okay we'll get started oh hey guys welcome to the podcast switch it on <laughs> But yeah, cool. So um, before we begin, I'd love for you to
0: tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, Obviously, my name's Mike um, Goloi. I grew up, I was born and raised in Tonga. I I went to uh, Tonga Primary School and I went to uh, Tonga High School as well. And I finished Tonga High School and came over here to New Zealand. Um, So I came to New Zealand basically when I was about 17. Um, I grew up in a household where... So my dad's full Tongan and my mum is Balangi um, and there was five of us Uh, and my dad passed away when I was 10, when I was 10 years old, um, which was a little bit different. It made me grow up a bit faster and I had to get, um, I was working a lot um, during school holidays while I was growing up in Tonga. Um, But yeah, and then I came over here to New Zealand and uh, I went to Palmerston North for my seventh form. I really did not enjoy it. <laughs> I hated it. I hated it, man. I hated it. Why? Um, because it was a culture shock, you know? Yeah. It was a real culture shock for me. Um, and I wasn't used to having all these white people around me. And that might sound strange coming from a half-caste person, but growing up in Tonga, like, brown was just what I was used to having all around me. And and also um, the cultural cultural differences as well of, like, how people are with each other is much more um, colder. Over here, well, it wasn't Pami for me. Then it is back in Tonga. And I started failing my grades because of that. And I was I was working part-time at McDonald's while I was doing 7th form. Um, I started failing my grades. And then um, I somehow got into the school production. And my school, I think, um, what do you call them? Guidance counsellor um, asked that I should, told me that I should audition for drama school. And I didn't really have anything else to lose. So I auditioned for drama school. And somehow I got in. And I did um, three years at Unitech drama school, got a degree and came out and did various sort of acting bits and pieces, um, theater, television, um, short films, um, all the time sort of working as well. And then, um, yeah, life just pretty much happens. And to work in that sort of um, sector, um, it's really hard, especially here in New Zealand, because you, you're really sort of just after consistency. And so really, like, unless you're working on something like Shortland Street or you're working on, like, a real consistent television show, um, it's really hard for you to sort of have that consistency, especially if you're trying to raise a family beside it as well. And so over the years, I've worked, like, a, a quite a few different careers. I've, I've done various different things. Um, and where I am today is happily married with my wife, Nora, who's Samoan, and um, I have five kids. Yeah.
1: Yeah, awesome. And what was life um, like growing up? Uh, What was it like growing up as a half Tongan in Tonga? Because I can imagine, uh, you know, the privileges that come with
0: it. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. Um, The privileges that come with it, you know, like when I grew up, um, when I grew up in Tonga, um, it was really weird to me sometimes how, like if we're we're at family events, um, like a family feast or something that somehow um, some of my cousins were told to move over so, um, so I could sit, you know what I mean? And I never really understood what that was. And I could kinda, I somehow got the weird gist that it was about uh, being white. It was about my mom being white. So I never really um, grasped the concept of that. It's kind of like until I got older, you know, when I, when I got older here in New Zealand, I looked back and I realized coming to New Zealand uh, as a 17-year-old, I already had the advantage of being able to speak English really well. You know, and if I think about a lot of my um, other brothers and sisters that have come from Pacific Islands and don't know how to speak English, that's a you're already put on the back step, you know, especially arriving into New Zealand. But I had that advantage. And so growing up um, as a kid in Tonga, um, yeah, I felt there was like an advantage. But I didn't kind of see it like that at the time. I didn't really understand it, to be honest. But also like um, on the other end of it, like I'd get teased a lot about it at primary school and at high school, Be called Palangi Loi. Um, and so at times I'd also feel inferior because of it as well. Um, to be honest as well, like, um, you know, working in the acting industry initially, um, I initially did not like, um, uh, that I was half cast because I had a, I had a feeling that uh, a lot of the roles that I was auditioning for were for full, uh, Pacific Islanders, you know? And so I always felt like I was at a disadvantage because I didn't look like a full Tongan, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. And. Yes, yeah, so it was always kind of weird for me. However, like, um, there's a role that I did audition for that when I went to audition for it, I was sure I wouldn't get it because I looked hafekasi. And it was the role of um, Jonah Lommel's dad to play his dad um, in, in Jonah. And when I did the audition, I talk, called my agent. And I was like, man, why am I going up for this? Because I know what the guy looks like in real life. But he does not look like me. And my agent was just like, just do the audition. You don't know, they might cast you for something else. One of the rugby players, one of the All Blacks or something else. So I did it and I ended up getting the role. And I felt, um, I didn't feel at peace about it, you know, because my first um, reaction to it was like, what about the other Tongans, man? What about the other Tongans that are missing out on this, you know? Um, However, that particular role I found out later on when I started to rehearse it is that that whole role was um, was completely all in spoken Tongan. Okay, and that character never speaks any English at all in the whole thing. And I'm real comfortable with my Tongan, real comfortable. But um, some of the other Tongan actors are not necessarily as comfortable with their spoken Tongan or want to speak it in such a public way. And so I think that sort of already drove out like a lot of people that would have possibly contended for the role. So there's pros and cons that come with it, but I've learned to just kind of roll with it over the years, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, true. Now I'm just wondering, were you spared of any you know how like in island schools, you know, you get you get a good hiding if you play up or you know, especially in our even in our island families, not just in the islands here in New Zealand as well. Um, but you know, I find like even with my Africasi cousins, they were always spared of a few like they, they wouldn't get the hardest mix like we did, you know what I mean?
0: Girl, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so um my first year in primary school, um I averaged like one whack a day I averaged one that always I'd always expect to hit, be hit once a day from my mm-hmm. teacher and I was a naughty kid man like I would be for like bringing sand into the classroom <laughs> um, eating during class um, I do um, I do some pretty naughty things So I always averaged like one whack a day and that wasn't that was like a whack with a stick you know and um, and and that was um it's a it's a GPS so it's a government primary school so it's a really a traditional Tongan primary school you know like a lot of some of the other half-caste kids or some of the Parangi kids would go to another school which was an English speaking school you know which was kind of specifically designed for them but I went to like a real Tongan school and so yeah so I got quite used to it
1: <laughs> yeah yeah I got
0: yeah. real used to it when I was in fourth form um, at Tonga high school and at Tonga high school man you got beaten up you got beaten um Sometimes every Tuesday and Thursday, they'd separate the assembly. So the boys would have their own assembly. The girls would have their own assembly. And that you'd know at those assemblies, those boys' assemblies, that some boys would be caught out. They'd go to the front. And they had done something to one of the prefects or they had done something over the weekend. They'd just done – they might have done something bad and, and there'd be a stick waiting for them and they'd get, like, they'd get beaten in front of the rest of all the boys. Mm-hmm. And when, yeah, when I was in full form, um, we had finished our exams – it was the last day of exams, right? <laughs> and um, it's, um, you're not allowed in Tonga to go to your local pool hall, you know, where you play pool in town, yeah. especially in school uniform. About 15 of us went to the, um, to the pool hall in school uniform because it was the last day of exams, you know. You're kind of stupid like that when you're 14. And um, we're playing pool on these about seven tables. We had one guy that was on lookout, and he saw this teacher coming up towards us. And so he called out to the rest of us that a teacher, one of the male teachers was coming. So all of us just dropped down to the floor. And while we're on the floor, this guy comes, the teacher comes and he looks into the pool hall and he sees like, you know, seven active tables with pool, with balls on them, but no players. Mm. (laughs) And he knows, he knows it's us. So he just calls out guys, stand up, man. It's all right. It's just me. I'm not going to do anything. And so one by one, we get up and stuff. And then this teacher plays with us, like plays pool with us for the next two, three hours yeah, the next day, <laughs> the next day, this <laughs> note comes around asking, and it's got all our names on it to meet at like uh, the Industrial Arts Center at lunchtime. We turn up there. There's all these there's, there's these chairs set out for us. We sit down, and this guy, the same teacher that we played with yesterday, proceeds to go through us one by one. And we <laughs> got like, yeah, oh, man, it was. I could not sit for a week. I could not sit for a week. It was real bad because it was a session that went for about two hours because he'd like do one round, give us one big beating each, sit us down, then he'd lecture us, then go again. And this went on for about like 15 rounds. And there were boys crying in there, (laughs) Uh, boys limping out. Yeah, and I couldn't sit for a week. And my mum wanted to lay a complaint and all that. But I was like, nah, nah, because none of the other boys would, you know, like complain about it. And then it was the norms. And yeah. so, yeah. Out.
1: <laughs> cool. So, what inspired Gareth?
0: Sorry, you still there? Can you hear me?
1: Cool. Yeah, I can hear
0: you. Um, what inspired Gareth drinks with Mike? So, like, when I thought about doing a podcast, um, I was like, "How am I going to do this? <laughs> What's my wife going to say? <laughs> um, and where are we where are we going to set it? And um, limited space here at home and so i just thought about you know what why don't I just do it in the garage and i've had many drinks in the garage man many garages around auckland <laughs> um and i thought what if i just sit it in my garage and just have a guest over and they can they can drink whatever they choose whatever they choose i um, mean it can be alcoholic it can be non-alcoholic whatever they want and i just sit down with them and just let them go and just guide the conversation and that's kind of how it is and it was, it's as simple as that garage drinks with mike it's literally in my garage um and i just bring someone in and so a lot of the um, it was a lot of trial by error in the beginning trying to figure out the technicalities of how microphones and cameras work and also the sound quality in my garage and how sound bounces around and stuff and it was all yeah a lot of figuring out but um that's kind of what inspired it and that's how i got started yeah yeah no that, that's pretty
1: cool yeah who's been your favorite that question i love asking that question because it's a hard one and i know that as podcasters we shouldn't have favorites because everyone that gives us out gives us their time is amazing but like who would you say is your is your one of your top guests we can name top three <sighs>
0: um it is a hard question they all have such different qualities you know like um that's that's why it's a hard question because you know like i'm like originally when i'm sitting down and i before the podcast even started, and I wrote down like the top 10 people that I want on, okay? And then um, it changed because the reason why it changed is as people came on, and these are people, a lot of them are people that I knew already, but as they came on, they, they would open up stuff about themselves and about things that they had gone through that I had no idea about. Mm. And they would take me on like a journey, and it's literally been like that with every single guest I've had they have opened up something where and I had no idea about and it's um, and because I don't structure my podcast or anything I go with I go with wherever they want to go each guest has taken me on like a different trip into their lives into things that have happened to them into into um, sometimes really dark places um, but a lot of the times real positive places but always like there's a lesson in it but uh, top three man it, um it is a tough question, only because it's hard to compare. Um, yeah,
1: don't. That's fine.
0: <laughs> it's it's hard to compare because they've all got such different qualities, and the texture of each podcast is real different. And like when I sit down with someone, like, because I don't I don't sit down with any notes or anything. Like before I sit down with them, I might like the night before, like uh, have a quick browse to see what they are, what they are, uh, what the internet talks about them or how the internet speaks about them. Um, And that won't affect necessarily the way I'll podcast them, but it gives me like a general idea of what they're kind of known for across the internet. And then when I start the podcast, I literally just guide them, I just guide them through their story, and I'll just bounce off what they want to talk about. And that's how, um, I mean, that's, that's to me, that's, a, that's garage drinks.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 true. When
0: you're just flowing, when you're just talking to someone and just chatting with them and you go where the conversation goes. Um, now, I know it takes a bit of skill to be able to divert and, you know, and, and route that conversation and make sure that you are getting something out of it. But literally, I, I just flow off the um, off the person. I might have a few kind of things that I want to know about them. But aside from that, Like I literally go with them on their journey and what they want to talk about and where they're at. And see, and that that, that sometimes might seem like a dangerous thing to do because you never really know where people are um, in their lives. Um, But I don't mind that. See, to me, that's a real human, a beautiful human thing. And if they're not at the greatest place when they come in, I don't mind that at all because… Because it's human. Like, I don't want any, everyone to appear perfect. I don't want to sit there and recount like, their, um, like their awards, their accolades, and go through all of that stuff. Because I really just want to know the person behind that and how they've achieved those sort of things and how they've, how they've managed to, um, to work through whatever they've had to go through. You know? Because to me, that's the, that's the most in, in, interesting part about a person. And that's what inspires me as well when I listen to podcasts about people. It's like how they've worked themselves through challenges. So, yes, yeah, so it's a hard question because only because the journeys are so different.
1: Yeah. One of, one of my favorite guests of yours uh, is Barbara.
0: Oh, she's and the and bomb.
1: I, yeah. I, I, loved, I loved how you, how you um, carried her, helped her carry her story. I had no idea that she had been through all of that, to be honest.
0: Listen but to I, me. I have worked with her. I've worked side by side with her for years. Like yeah, when we yeah, used to work at this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We used to work at this gym together and yeah. i was um, helping to manage her while she was taking some of the classes never a clue about that stuff that happened to her in her childhood and stuff and, and just the you got really got to give kudos when people bring something to the table mm. and they are prepared to open up and go down that path for you you know and I had this i have this conversation with my wife a lot because often i get asked the question like do you want to relocate the podcast or do you want to put it into a studio or do you want to put it somewhere else and i've had people offer to do that or sit into a cafe or somewhere else but my answer is always no because like um because my garage is so comfortable mm. <laughs> my garage and people feel comfortable and they um I've, i had one guest sit down um sit down with me and just before she sat down she said uh hey look i can't talk about anything personal i hope you understand that." And I was like, it's cool. It's cool. Let's go. And so we sat down at 20 minutes into it. She starts with the stuff that she's never spoken about before. And so I spoke to her about it, but like the good thing about my podcast is like it's, it's not live or anything. Yeah. And the stuff that she talked about, I wasn't sure how she would feel about that being publicized because she doesn't necessarily ever talk about it. It's too personal. And at the end of it, I asked her, um, are you comfortable with that? You know, going to air because I can cut it out if you want me to, And she was like, no, no, I think, I think it's good. I think it needs to be heard. And I was in a safe enough space that I felt comfortable to talk about it. So that's why to me, like, even though my garage isn't perfect, it's just the setting and it's the um, ability. It gives people the ability to sort of connect with themselves. If you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah. uh Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I I, reflected back on my life when I used to drink coffee, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Garrett, like me and my best friend shout out to my best friend CLN. we were on the project recently last year actually together um, but yeah now nah, we, we just we had the biggest heart to hearts in the garage and that's yeah. when, you know those, you know, when you get drunk to the point where you're like nah I love you bro. nah I love you nah, I love you. <laughs> you know those.
0: well I do I do but see like um, the thing about doing a podcast at the garage and people having drinks they I think they quickly realize once the podcast starts that um they're not necessarily going to get too wasted on it because they're talking all the time yeah yeah, you know and hey and um, i had to trial this before i even launched the podcast i did a few where i was determined to try and see how much i could drink like going through it just to see like how much you really would drink if you were there just to drink and i literally only got through like about four beers across three hours um and then i was like okay i think it's safe enough (laughs) I think it's safe enough that we're not going to reveal things that we don't need to reveal on this.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. Um, so there's a few technical um, errors just while, while you're talking, but more, I'll do my best to fix that up. But um, good. we'll move on to your acting career. So I absolutely hated you in TNSR. I feel like you got what you deserved in the end. But what was it like shooting a TV series like that?
0: Oh, it was really cool. Like, it was a really cool cast um, and really cool crew team to work around as well. Um, And that role, because I got asked to audition for three different roles that were across that series. And that was probably um, my least favorite one to take on. And I suspect um, for other actors that auditioned for it as well, they kind of auditioned for it, hoping they wouldn't get it. Um, Because originally that role, the way it was written and stuff, is that that guy, he's in boxes the whole time. So he's like, he's semi-naked the whole time for the whole thing. Yeah, and that's yeah. a that's a challenge enough as it is. You know what I mean? Because you're always, you know, as an as actors, you're always really aware of your body and stuff and what you look like, especially on screen and so publicly as well. Um, and so I know a lot of other actors were a little bit anxious about that. Um, so when they told me that they wanted me to play that part, I was like, oh man. Um, but it was um, it was an interesting role. I like roles like that because, like, um, like from the outset and when you watch it and it's when you watch it it's not a character that you like because he's so uh manipulative he's so conniving he's um he's everything that i would never he's he's a a bad guy he's a a bad guy he's a nasty piece of work but if you go to the other side of it and as an artist to see a role like that you are given the opportunity to really form that character three-dimensionally and really make up the reasons inside your mind why he is the way he is. What happened to him as a child? Well, how does he justify these actions to himself? Because those people, they justify that stuff to themselves. In a weird way, it seems right to them. How does their mind work? And so as an artist looking at it from that perspective, was interesting to me. Um, but always from the outside, like if you're looking at that, you that's not the sort of person that you ever want to be around. Um, but yeah, but working on it was was amazing. And, um, and Frankie's really cool. And... Um, it was a great cast, great crew, and it was, it was just kind of cool as well to see, like, um, Pacific Island Stories um, kind of being brought because that was funded, I think, by Prime Television. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for more Pacific Island Stories to come. But that's, um, to me, that's the tip of the iceberg, you know. Yeah. That's the tip of the iceberg because um, – but you gotta, you got to look at it like this. Like, 20 years ago, right, you'd never see that on New Zealand television, ever. That wouldn't be funded. Because they think like, oh, no, no, it's a minority. It's a minority audience. We're not going to make a minority show for a minority audience. Where's the money in there? So fast forward 20 years where we are now. So think about it. Where are we going to be in 20 years from now? You know what I mean? It can only get better. And so uh, Star is a really cool production. I loved it um just like everything it's, it's a learning curve as well and it's step it's stepping stones in the process of like pacific island art coming through to the forefront and so um tss just another stepping stone for us i believe you know as is panthers as is other shows coming out you know and 20 years from now i can only imagine the, the level and um and the direction that pacific island television and stories will be at yeah what's
1: it like having having uh, what's it like talk, talking to your wife about the type of role that you uh, what was it like telling your wife about that role that you got in city i was easy <laughs> <laughs>
0: my wife is the best man like um it's um yeah like um and i say that sorry can you hear me yeah, yeah yeah i say that meaning like um like we're about to start seven weeks of lockdown you know what i mean And. It, it's not easy being on lockdown with a lot of kids and you're stuck in this place, but I wouldn't want to do lockdown with anyone else. Um, now, f- my wife is also an actress in the industry. She already knows, she knew, knows Frankie. They would already done a show together, so she knows who Frankie is and, and our friends as well. Um, so that kind of helped. Um, it's hard because, like, um, it's, I, I think the, probably the hardest thing to explain is, like, because she works in the industry as well, when roles like that pop up, Um, it's not so much about I guess you know if you're looking at it from the outside it's that um I'm like I'm making out with another girl on screen okay but from the inside it's work it's money to us and it's um and that's you technically separate yourself and you get the job done and it pays bills and it feeds kids yeah and but um you can only do that though if you have a really strong foundation with your partner if you have a real um you know, you got each other's backs through thick and thin. You know where each other's hearts are at. You know where your minds are at. You can back each other no matter what. And I'm lucky to have that. You know, I, I understand that it's, and, it may or may not be a rare thing. To me, it's just something that I really, it's probably the thing that I value the most. It's the thing that keeps my family together, Timo. You know, yeah. the, the thing that between me and my wife, none of my family works. None of the stuff around us works if we don't work together. Yeah, yeah. And so it's something that I, um, I'm real. I don't know if possessive is the right word about it, but I'm real. Um, I hold it really close to myself as as something that always guides me through as well. I go through a lot of, um, not perfect. I go through a lot of tough times as well in my mind. I struggle sometimes with things that are happening around me. I struggle sometimes as a father. I struggle, you know, sometimes in my career, um, I struggle to solve situations that I can't solve, but always like I've got, I got someone beside me that I can always talk to about and she'll, um, She'll tell me what she reckons and she knows me pretty pretty well as well. But knowing that I've got someone so strong in my corner always kind of guides me through life.
1: Yeah. How long have you been together? and or How long have you been married? And, and how did you guys meet?
0: We've been married for six years, uh, but we've known each other for about 11, 12 years.
1: Yeah, so you met in, in, in the acting industry?
0: Yeah, yeah. She was coming through. She was just out in drama school. I had just left, but I saw her in a theater show there. And um, we've been friends for many years because, you know, as you can imagine, the Pacific Island acting community is not that big.
1: Yeah. And so
0: we see each other at shows and stuff and we kind of always say hi and bye. And then, um, yeah, it was much later on that we got together.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's amazing. Um, so there, there are quite a few conversations taking place in our Pacific community about the vaccinations being the mark of the beast or having microchips. And them or medals i don't know uh, you know what religion you are or if you have a religion i'm not sure but how do you feel about those conversations
0: just stop
1: yeah <laughs> that. that's
0: oh. how i feel man just yeah. stop already man just stop stop, stop. Yeah. i had my um second vaccination shot yesterday day before well done. Well done. um so i'm fully vexed now but um you know like how if, if you if you look at the world and if you think about um if you think about Racism, right? Racism exists. Racism exists in a lot of different countries. It's a real thing. Um, but, like, if you think about the science of humans, we're all human. We all bleed red blood. Okay. Vaccinations, this ideology or this belief that it, you know that there's um, that it's right or that it's wrong. You've got science beside you. <laughs> you've got science that tells you that this is how you save your life, right? If um if people could like look up and see the different ICUs across intensive care units across the world. And the one similar theme that they have is nurses crying, saying that like the amount of anti-vaxxers that come through that are begging now for the vaccine that are, that are wishing that they had taken the vaccine that are, that are now dying and there's nothing, nothing to do about it. Um, it's just, it's, it's, it's sad. It's real sad. And so for that now to come on to like our Pacific Island people and, create this um this idea that vaccining yourself is not is not a great thing or that you're putting something foreign into your body that's never been tested or or something that you don't know about it man how many people do we know that smoke like that's something really bad that you put into your body people that drink like mcdonald's (laughs) mcdonald's not great for you you know what i mean like there's so many different things that you put into your body every day but yet when you get given the opportunity, and by the way, this is a free opportunity. There's no price on this vaccine. You're not charged for it. It's not like just the rich are gonna get this vaccine, it's for everyone. And people decide to try and preach out to their community and tell the community this is the mark of the devil, that you're gonna die. Man, it's just it's um it's a sign of the times. And you know how um, you know how there's what's that saying? Um my mind goes blank sometimes. Um evolution is only the fittest the fittest organism survive the fittest animals survive right mm. yeah. maybe this is uh evolution tima <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> not just of the fittest people but of the mind as well people that make those decisions maybe this is evolution
1: yeah it's just it's just really annoying like um i just saw on social media this morning someone who actually has a, a, quite an important voice in the community is saying that, uh, who's the recent pol- The politician that recently passed away? I think it was Philip, Philip something. Total, yeah. So, so there are rumors spreading saying, Oh, he died because of the vaccination, and his family has had to come out during this time of grieving and say, Oh, no, no, he didn't, he actually died from something else, and to stop spreading misinformation. And, and it's just, it's just freaking annoying.
0: It is, it's the same in Tonga as well. I see, like, um, when any death happens, even if it's a car accident,
1: <laughs> it's, a ghost. it's a ghost thing, they all blame the ghosts.
0: Yeah. Yes. But somehow they're blamed for being, um, for being vaccinated or that um, the vaccination helped, helped, um, help kill them. And yeah, it's, it's a really sad thing to watch. Sometimes feel helpless about it because, because it's, um, it happens around you and some people are really staunchly against it. Um, but I will say this though, I will say that like, you know, the way, not just the New Zealand government is moving, but like the rest of the world is moving is if you are unvaxxed, um, like your chances of work and travel and movement around and stuff is getting more and more restricted. You know what I mean? And it's one of the big reasons why those Melbourne riots are happening. Um, because those, some of those people are really staunchly against it. And now those riots have turned into something completely different. Sorry. But like, um, here, here's a good example. Um, South Pacific Pictures who run Shortland Street and Shortland Street is probably the only production that can film during level three, have just put out an announcement across the whole industry that unless you are vaccinated, you cannot work for us. You cannot work on any of our productions. And that makes sense. But, but then you'll have like if there's actors that are unvaxxed, you know, like they haven't got the opportunity and to work with them. And, and so bit by bit, bit by bit, like more and more, if you're unvaxxed, you're going to it's going to be harder for you. It's going to be harder yeah. to have job opportunities, It's going to be harder to travel. Um, and there's going to be more and more restrictions about where you're allowed into public access or, or different areas that you're allowed into or not.
1: Yeah, man. So we got a text message from our local GPs. Um, also, for our local GPs, uh, well, not really our local because we're not in Otara, but um, our, our doctors, South Sea. So, they are hosting like a family event just in Manukau on Saturday. And yes. so, every, everyone that turns up to vaccinate, they get a food parcel and a $50 petrol voucher. So, they're wow. really making it easy. Well, not easy, but they're making it uh, more enjoyable. Incentivizing <laughs> yeah. it.
0: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: yeah. So, we're pretty. But speaking of vaccinations and, and that, uh, once the border's open, which hopefully soon,
0: where will you be heading to? I want to, um, the Pacific, like I really miss being in Tonga. I really want to head over to Tonga. Um, probably Tonga and Samoa would be the Pacific Islands, but they're much more stricter with, um, who they let in. Um, Tonga has a really, really high vaccination rate and they were vaccinating, they were vaccinating quite a while ago. However, they're so strict. I've, uh, I think at the moment their borders are closed till March next year. They've always been quite, they haven't had a single case over there yet. um, and, yes, yeah, so it all depends on when that clears up for them and when they start to relax their um, their border p- control.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that's cool. And um, it's Mental Health Week this week. Uh, so oh, and, uh, before I ask you that question, what, I want I wanted to ask you this question here. Sure. Um, do you have any advice for anyone who uh, wants to go through drama school? Because, you know, with Islanders, um, I don't know, but in my generation, well, among my friends, we all went to university because our parents were like, you need to be educated and you need to be in a career that's going to pay the bills and whatnot. Um, you know, how would you, I guess, support a person that wants to go through drama school and not go through university or not go through those traditional career Mm. pathways that our parents encourage us to go through?
0: Don't do it now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I would say, um, no, it's definitely, it's definitely valid and you have to express yourself and sometimes you have to try different things and who, who knows, man, you might be the next, the next big thing that comes out of New Zealand, mm. um, but it is, it's a, it's a harder career, um, but definitely something like, um, definitely something to really, like, if you want to give it a go, give it a damn good go, like before you, before you're like, tied down with like children or, you know, or you're into like a secure relationship, <laughs> like give it a really good go, um, And the way to do that is like start auditioning for things or if not, even just start contacting like your local agencies, um, because you'll have local acting agencies across. There's like about five main ones in Auckland, um, but you want to get yourself an agent and then your agent starts putting you forward for auditions. Um, But... Yeah, go for it. you have you have in this life, this life is too short. You have to go for your dreams at some point. You have to yeah. like, give it give it a go, you know? And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. That's cool. You can you can try something else. I've tried so many different things.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, but if that's where your heart is set, then go for it, you know? And sometimes it's harder for, for people that are not in the most supportive situations where their parents like really disagree with it. Um, but then that's a that's another lesson as well like i'm a parent and i know as well like if my child came to me and said like dad i really really want to do this i'll be like let's do it then you know oh, like yeah. let's go on it together because parents can't be as closed-minded about like suppressing that because every time you suppress your child from something or something that you think is um is going to lead them on a on a path that is not going to really set them up financially secure that's cool and everything in your eyes but in their eyes it's it's that you are shunting their dreams. You're trying to you're trying to stop their dreams, and sometimes um, sometimes people and children as well, teenagers have to learn their own path. Um, I always I, I always tell myself and my wife as well, like you know, because we're raising kids, but to a degree, are we raising our babies? If you know what I mean, like I really, I mean, I really think that we're raising these children to become like um, real positive contributors to their communities. I want to raise people that that contribute in a positive way to whatever community they're in and so to um at some point i'm gonna to have to let go of them so they don't know my babies anymore because they'll have their own their own trials and tribulations to go through their own journeys their own things will happen to them and they'll have to figure things out and so yeah so at some point you got to you got to like um, cut off the umbilical cord and not see them as your babies anymore, but realize that these are real adults that will have their own families and will live in their own houses and buy their own houses and make their own decisions. And it's such a important thing as well for the way that Pacific Island communities move forward. is helping families evolve into becoming independent and understanding how to raise their own children. Cause too often, too often, like, you know, there will be a lot of, um, it's cool to like live with your parents and stuff to a point, you know what I mean? Like, to a point. You have to be able to, like, um, stand on your own two feet, be able to pay pay your bills and find your own way in the world.
1: Yeah, yeah, 100%. No, that's cool. Um, so it's Mental Health Week this week, which is cool. Um, so do you have any uplifting words for people out there or, or men, men out there? Sure. Sure.
0: Um, sometimes it's not easy being a man. Sometimes it's not easy having to feel like you feel like sometimes there's a lot of pressure on you to like make decisions or sometimes you haven't been raised with the, um, with the right or being in the right situation. Um, let me start that again.
1: <laughs> That's, all good. We can edit this. That's all good.
0: Sometimes for men, it's not easy being men because I know there's a lot of pressure that gets put on your shoulders, especially if you're leading a household, Um, and you need to make the right decisions about things and sometimes as well it's really hard the thing that's been the hardest for me is knowing when to ask for help now i know mental health week everyone puts up posts on their social media and stuff you know i'm here just ask if you need anybody to talk to i'm always here just ask but to actually open your mouth and ask talk to someone and go hey man i'm i'm feeling kind of like this or i feel kind of i feel kind of down about this and i don't know what's going on it's um it's still not an easy thing to do. It's still often felt, it's still often, I feel quite vulnerable about it when I do it. And I do do it. Um, And I talk to some of my friends about it. And even when I do it, I don't like doing it because I don't like feeling vulnerable. So this is like one of the biggest things that pushes back against mental health. And this is one of the, still one of the biggest things that, um, that when men still feel stuck inside their minds and it just swirls inside their head and they think they're the only one that's in that situation. Trust me, you are not. Whatever it is that you go through, other men are going through it as well. Uh, whatever it is that you think that you're the only person that's going through it, or you think you might be going through like an embarrassing situation, you're not. You're going through, other people have gone through the same thing or are going through the same thing around you as well. Um, asking for help, asking for help, man, is so important. You have to learn to have that ability to like realize when it gets to a certain point that you can't handle it anymore. Just ask, man. Just ask for help. Ask to talk to someone. Ask to have a beer with someone. Or just ask to like quickly catch up. Or I just need to talk about this. Just get it off your chest. Because the first step is getting the problem out there. Yeah. Once you get it out there and it like gets echoed back to you, and then you or even once you talk about it. This is the thing about how people go to counsellors. Once you talk about it and you hear the problem out loud, it doesn't become so big. All of a sudden, it's, it's kind of diminished. Now, it still might be quite big in your mind. But then when you bounce it off someone else and they give you ideas about it or they or what they reflect back on you. Um, they might give you like small solutions or small ideas of how to overcome it. Then already it's a problem shared. You know what I mean? It's not a single problem that you're holding onto yourself. It's a problem shared. Um, I go through times, man, when I find it, I find it a bit hard and um, I, f- I feel challenged, uh, but I also know as well, like um, see for me, I have a different outlet. I train quite a bit and that's my, kind of my, um, my mental stability when, I, when I'm training and I'll just train in my garage. Um, But once I've finished training, I know that I'm a calmer person and I've kind of found my center again. Um, That's just me. People have different ways of like finding their center. People meditate, people pray, uh, go for walks. Um, There's different ways of doing it. But if you can find what works for you and if you practice it regularly um, and if you start to like, it'll start to just build you as a better person and build your core up to be able to handle whatever problems the world's going to throw at you because the world's going to throw different problems at you
1: every day hundred percent, hundred percent. I agree. And I just, 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 I love that. It it made me think of um, an incident that I had. So I had, uh, I was going through a hard time maybe in March this year and I was, I kept it with me. Like I didn't want to burden my friends. And then when I caught up with one of my really good friends, uh, we caught up at a cafe and then I just, I was telling her about it. And then she was like, then don't do it. And I was like, Oh, like it was just such a simple solution. It's like, well then don't. And I was like, Oh, true. You know? And this whole time I've been sitting here like, you know, going mental, with this problem that I thought was a huge problem and, and it really wasn't. So, now, thank you for sharing that, bro. I really appreciate it.
0: I'll tell you I'll tell you one more story that's real similar yeah. to that. Okay. I was on my, um, this is about this is about nine, I think it's nine or eight years ago. I was on my way to work and I was working in the city and I was stuck in traffic and I was like, man, I'm going to be late again and I, was, I didn't like this job and I called my wife and I was talking to her. I was like, man, I'm sick of this, you know, like I'm sick of being stuck in traffic and I'm sick of this job and and she just goes, then go home. And I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, we'll figure it out. Like you're passionate about something else at the time. I think I was passionate about being a trainer and she was like, you're passionate about something else and you have a strong enough drive to like try and build something off that. If you don't want to go to work, go home. And I was like, what? Cause you know, we had a family. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> we
0: got bills to pay. But I took the next, I took the next turn off the motorway, headed back South and just doing that simple thing that day and knowing that she said that to me, like, um, really, firstly, it really reinforced that she really believed in me. But secondly, it was like the smallest thing that I had done that really started me to invest in me and my ability and what I could put out there and and to depend on that. You know what I mean? So it's often, sometimes, yeah, it's that, it's that same thing. Someone just has to say the smallest thing and it like, it sparks, it sparks a fire and you're like, yeah, yeah, I, I can do this, I can do this, I got this. And yeah,
1: I love that. Wow, that's wifey goals, man! Always supporting your husband. <laughs> <laughs> it is. You no, know? I, like, um, nah, I don't want to talk about my personal life, but that's pretty. That's pretty amazing. Um, but that's that's really cool. I really appreciate. It. We'll come to almost at the end of our podcast. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Uh, you know, you're such a great talker. Um, I've loved having you on the podcast. But is there anything else you'd like to like to share?
0: I never think I'm a great talker. Are you? <laughs> like, no, you're the
1: man, I, 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 you've been doing all the work. I've just been sitting here like. I don't
0: even have to hype you up, bro. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, I, I'm, I feel pretty. Um. I feel pretty. I feel pretty exhausted by this lockdown, yeah. and I know. Um. I know it might sound weird hearing it, because you're just at home. But I feel really drained by it. I feel like. Um, I feel exhausted. Like I can go through my day. Um, but see, like when you're a father of um, of kids, <laughs> there's always something to do. There's washing to be hung out, there's kids to be fed at lunchtime. Yeah. You, and I'm also at the moment I'm I'm studying because I'm about to change career again. Um, so when you're trying to study and concentrate, there's I can study for like maybe 30 seconds, I get interrupted and I have yeah. to do something else. I have to help some kid with their online homework or with their with their Zoom with their teacher. <laughs> um, it's endless. Yeah.
1: What, 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 what career path are you heading into if you don't mind sharing?
0: Real estate. I'm studying to get my um, real estate oh. certificate to start selling houses and apartments here in auckland
1: <laughs> i was uh, talking while well, i was talking i was messaging with um pat lapalapa i don't know yes. if you've heard of him yeah, yes. yeah so he's one of the real estate boys in, here in Southside, um and he's selling houses and money because i'm in rewa um, yes he's selling houses in there for like millions yes that's right it's crazy yeah. and and actually we got approached by this palangi man from rimuera wanting to buy our house and my wow. parents were like oh we haven't thought about selling we're pretty comfortable um but so we'll let you know but Yeah, they're really interested in the Manurewa area. I don't know why. I
0: have no idea. It's up and coming. It's because Drury is about to become so big. Drury is going to be huge. And also, um, just out just before um, Pukekohe, you've got another subdivision that's about 7,000 homes all up being built there. And so because all that stuff's happening further south, any property around your area, around Manurewa, Takanini, Papakura, um, it's going to skyrocket. Yeah, well,
1: even Mangere, my my best mate, his mum, sold uh, their house for like a million something.
0: Wow. wow.
1: And apparently the real estate agent said, well, it's next to the airport. So it's a pretty, pretty good area. Wow. It's crazy, man. But yeah, good industry to be in.
0: Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. Excited. Still starting at the moment, but fingers crossed I can cross into it the next month or so.
1: You'll be fine. Anything you put your mind to, you're, you're pretty solid. Nah, that's cool. Um, But yeah, thank you so much, Mike, for being on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Um, it's been great. And hopefully um, we can link up in person sometime and do a, do a podcast face to face cuz man this anchor the technology is not working
0: for us. <laughs> hey i got to i got to um i got to salute you cuz i don't yeah, i put my podcast on hold during this lockdown because i don't like doing online stuff i don't like um i don't like uh, like if i'm hosting i haven't got i don't feel like i've got enough confidence to like to rely on my technology skills to like get the podcast through. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So I salute you for like being able to put the stuff together, especially during lockdown and when we're not face to face. But definitely, um, yeah, when we come back into like level one or level two, I'd love to have you on my podcast as a guest because I'm sure you've got you've got a whole lot of stuff that you talk about that's um um I'm really impressed with because firstly, like, you come across really intellectual, um, and I don't know whether I don't know whether you're putting it on. Yeah, whether... <laughs> I am. I'm
1: not. Because I'm really good on, yeah.
0: (laughs) Because I definitely don't see myself as someone that's much of an intellectual or um, or anyone that's you know like highly educated or anything. I just I kind of see myself as someone that just kind of flies by the seat of their pants
1: (laughs) most of the time,
0: and so that's why I sort of prefer to do stuff face to face because I read people's um, body reactions and stuff easier than I then I can think about what they're talking about.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. No, but just going back to, yeah, I, I, am, put, I am a college grad. Like, I've been, went through, got my degree and everything. But, now nah, I'm nowhere near as cool as people, like, for some of these other academics, man. They're pretty solid, so. Yeah. Yeah. But, now nah, that's cool, bro. So, I really appreciate it. Um, enjoy the rest of your week. And, yeah, and all the best of your studies.
0: Thank you so much for having me on. Like, I really appreciate it. I've, I'm really honoured that you'd have me on as a guest. So, nah, nah, thank no, you. you.
1: All right. Thanks, bro. Take care. Okay.
0: Cheers. Bye-bye.